the Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. My name is Kate Sutter and I am your host for today. I'm a member of the communications team here at Cincinnati Children's and we're so excited to bring this episode to you today. We are recording today with some extremely special guests that I am excited to introduce to you in just a couple of minutes, but wanted to take a moment to remind everybody that as with previous episodes, we are recording in the same room, which is fantastic because we can see each other, but we are all wearing masks because the COVID-19 pandemic is not over yet. And our, one of our special guests has not had her vaccines yet. So we are keeping everybody safe as we are doing across Cincinnati children's locations. And we're all wearing masks so that we can continue to be healthy and get through this. Our topic today is actually related to COVID-19. We are talking about vaccines with some kids, with some patients. And our first guest that I am going to introduce is Miss Yasmin. Did I pronounce that correct, sweetie? Yes, you did. Most people don't do it the first time, but thank you very much. You are very welcome. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to join us today? Sure, I'd love to. So as you heard, my name is Yasmeen, and I come to Children's a lot, not for myself, but I have a little sister with an undiagnosed disease who has a lot of issues, and there's a lot of things you have to do in my house to keep her safe. And especially with COVID, we have had to be very careful because she's at extremely high risk because she has weak lungs. So um, I'm a huge advocate here at Children's, and I absolutely love doing it. That's awesome. Thank you. Great introduction. Anna, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Of course. My name is Anna, and I'm 17. At the age of 10, I suffered sudden cardiac arrest and spent eight days in the cardiac ICU at Cincinnati Children's. Since then, I've been lucky to be involved in multiple works of advocacy and volunteer work here at Cincinnati Children's, including now advocating for vaccine awareness. Outside of my advocacy work, I am on my high school mock trial team and love reading books and playing games with my siblings. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anna. We're glad to have you. And Dr. Joe, will you tell us a bit about you, please? Sure, happy to. Uh, My name is Joe Real. I'm a pediatrician here at Cincinnati Children's. Been here for about eight years now. Absolutely love my job. I also conduct some research using virtual reality that's really cool and exciting, but we'll save that for another podcast. I'm really passionate about vaccines. I think vaccines are one of the greatest tools that we have to help combat disease. And I'm really excited to talk about the COVID vaccine today with our special guests. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I think that this, like as we know, I mean, COVID has just kind of consumed everything for the last year plus. And over the last several months with the availability of vaccines, things are starting to feel a little bit better. Um, Dr. Joe, do you, are you feeling that too? I am, absolutely. I know that it's been a, a really hard year for all of us, and we've really been limited in the types of activities that we can do with our friends and with our family. And we're able to do 
more things now because of vaccines. So I think what we are seeing is the power of vaccines and how effective they can be at combating diseases like COVID. And Anna, tell us a little bit about your experience. Um, have you have you had vaccines already um, or are still waiting to get them? I'm lucky enough to have both of my COVID vaccine doses. And since I've been vaccinated, I'm now able to go to a summer camp this summer, five, a five-night overnight camp. And I'm really looking forward to going back to school in a little bit more of a traditional way next year. And I definitely would not have been feeling safe enough to do that without being fully vaccinated. So what did school look like for you this past year? For me, all of my classes were online. There was an option to go back to in person, but with me being higher risk because of my heart condition and having chronic conditions within my immediate family, we decided to stay online until I was fully vaccinated. Okay, so the fall will be time to go back to full, full time in school. Yes, I will be lucky enough to take, be taking college chemistry and statistics in person on one of our local campuses. Lucky. Yes, I remember a college statistics class. It's actually one that I liked a lot, so hopefully it will be one that you love too. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yes, for sure. And you, Miss Yasmin, are not quite old enough yet. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, my birthday is very soon, but um, I'm not eligible. And what really makes me upset when it comes to not being eligible to get a vaccine is that I have kids in my class that act as if vaccines are like not the greatest and like you can get them if you want to, but they're not like super efficient. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to like lash out at them, but I, I get like really upset and I have to like calm myself down because I'm like, I would take your place in getting my vaccine if I could. My mom actually, uh, for the, she signed up at the Kroger Pharmacy for me to get my vaccine on my birthday and I'm very excited. I, I kind of love that a child is excited about a vaccine. Like mm -hmm. this is really fun stuff. Yeah, I would never have like, if you had heard me say a few years ago, I can't wait for my birthday because I'm getting a shot. I, you would have like been a little bit concerned about me and I would be like, what? And so the fact that I'm saying this now, it does feel a little weird saying, I can't wait to get a shot injection on my birthday. But it literally is going to help me save myself and it's going to help me save other people's lives because there are some people with certain diseases that they literally can't get the vaccine because it just makes things worse for them yeah. because of their certain chronic conditions. So um, the fact that I am lucky enough that I can get a vaccine in next week, I, I, I'm utterly thrilled because I can't wait to help. Not only would I be helping myself. More importantly, I'd be helping the people around me. Like my little sister who's extremely high risk, I would be keeping her safe, I'd be keeping my neighbors safe, I'd be keeping everybody that I walk by um, when I am able to go back to stores, literally everybody I'm gonna be able to keep safe that I need. So that's why I'm so excited to get my vaccine. I love it. This is, uh, are you hearing kids say similar things in clinic? We are, so I think Kids have actually been an incredible advocate for the COVID vaccine because I think kids have really suffered a lot in the last year in terms of not being able to attend school or not being able to attend activities. And I think, Yasmin, you bring up such an excellent point, right? We often think vaccines help protect the individual that gets the vaccine. And that's true with the COVID vaccine, but we now have research that shows that 
getting the vaccine, even if you're exposed to COVID, can help prevent you from spreading it to other people, spreading it to people who might not be able to get the vaccine, right? So people who are on medications where they aren't, it's not safe for them to get the vaccine or they don't have an appropriate immune response to it. And we know that the vaccine's only approved for kids 12 and above now, right? So we can help protect those younger kids by getting a high percentage of the population vaccinated. And Anna, so I know we heard Yasmin tell us that she had friends in her class, some of whom are a little hesitant. Um, have you heard similar things with your friends? What kind of conversations ha have you had about vaccines? I'm very privileged that most of the people around me and at my school have actually been very positive when it comes to vaccines. But the one thing that does worry me is I've seen a lot of misinformation being spread on social media. Um, there's been so many different types of lies and just things that are easily misproven with a little bit of research that are preventing people who otherwise are well-informed and well-educated from getting this vaccine. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to kind of do when, whenever I'm out on the social media and I see that misinformation, I either report it to the app or even comment on that post and just kind of share like, this is not right, you know, please look further. But also, I feel like you really have to respect those people who are experiencing the misinformation because this vaccine is so new and it is fair for some people to have worries and I think it's a very important to validate those concerns but at the same time share correct information. I think that's probably exactly what we would uh, encourage people to do is is respect that there are um, that there are concerns but share better information. Would you agree Dr. Real? Absolutely so it's important that people be thoughtful about the COVID vaccine right? Um, this is a recent vaccine. It's under emergency use authorization. So it's perfectly um, acceptable for people to really think about this vaccine. The good news is, is that this vaccine has really undergone the same type of rigorous evaluation that any other medication or vaccine goes through. Um, so we didn't skip any steps. Um, because the COVID vaccine impacted so many people at one time, there were a lot of resources that were um, put towards this vaccine development. So the studies that were done were the same studies that we do for any other type of vaccine. No s steps were skipped. And what we found is that it was really effective. And the type of technology we use to develop these vaccines isn't necessarily new. We've been working on that technology for years and years from the early 2000s. Just happened that COVID came along and gave us an opportunity to really utilize these knowledge and skills that we've learned in the past to create this vaccine to really help save lives. So I'm curious to hear more about the conversations that you've had with adults in your life. Have there been any adults who were who are worried about vaccines that you've had a chance to talk to? Yeah, so my parents, they're both doctors. My dad's a hand surgeon, my mom's a pediatrician, and they both they work at TriHealth. And so I've talked to them a lot about vaccines and they have educated me in a way that I can understand it, but also in a way that I can communicate with other people about it. And when I say other people, I mean like older adults. Um, so I've learned that when it comes to the COVID vaccine, a lot of people are hesitant because it was developed so fast. But just because it was developed fast doesn't mean it was developed sloppily. I don't, I don't even know if that's a word sloppily, but... Um, Seems yeah. pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. I think the vaccine could really help because even if people want to be stupid and like not wear their masks, even though they're putting others at in, in danger, 
um, if they get their vaccine, they can take their masks off and be like inconsiderate because they were being considerate in the fact that they got their vaccine. And so the more people we get vaccinated, then the easier the world will be. A lot of people are like, oh, COVID's over. Things are opening up. That must mean that everything's fine. But that's because you can only keep an economy shut down for so long. They had to open it back up at some point. Otherwise, the economy wouldn't be able to reopen ever. Anna, have you had any interesting conversations with adults in your life? Yes, I actually have. Um, um, like a crossing guard at my little brother's school, for example, they were very he- hesitant and I don't think are getting the vaccine because of past mistrust and vaccination. So whether that's a personal side effect, like getting really sick after a flu vaccine one time and they don't want to receive a future vaccine or even like broad historic things like various past vaccine experiments on certain communities that haven't gone well. A lot of people are experiencing hesitancy specifically with the COVID vaccine. And I don't really think it's fair to punish them for that and not understanding correctly and having past things that just have affected them negatively. I think instead we really need to focus on re-educating and fostering a sense of hope in the vaccine and really emphasizing how much this vaccine is going to help, even if they don't notice it directly. So Anna, I think you bring up a great point. Um, When we think of some of the medical research that has occurred in the past, you have to recognize some of the things that have occurred to individuals in our black and brown communities. So I think that's an important thing to recognize. But at the same time, some of our black and brown communities are some of the individuals that are being impacted most by this COVID pandemic. And that's partially due to some of these histories of inequities. So I think you both are very insightful in terms of you know, when we're thinking about the vaccine, the first thing we want to do when we're talking with someone who's maybe a little bit nervous is really listening so we can understand what it is that makes them nervous about the shot. I think listening is a is always an important first step. And in anything. In anything, you're absolutely right. And this is, you know, it it's interesting because COVID has changed so many things. And I think that... Um, you know, perhaps the people who have seen family members who've been affected by the by the infection itself might be looking at it a little bit differently. Um, but we do have to first listen to what people are saying about how they feel about it. And then if you have an opportunity to tell them your experience, that might be helpful as well, because I think that the community at Cincinnati Children's has a lot of patients and families who have some um, some additional risk factors that the general public doesn't. And I'm curious, Anna, if you have, how are you just feeling about, you know, re-engaging in the world, knowing that you do have some some health risk factors that a lot of people don't that maybe people around you don't know that you have these risk factors. It, has that has that been interesting for you? It really has been interesting over the past few months as things continue to open up. I am very lucky in the fact that I have chosen to receive both of my vaccine doses and most of the family members and friends around me have as well. But there is still a sense of hesitancy when I go out to a supermarket and people aren't wearing masks now, which is totally fair. I have actually I stopped wearing a mask in the store for the first time the other day. It was very freeing and exciting, but I still maintain my social distance. 
but there really is no way to maintain those checks and balances of knowing who's vaccinated and who's not. So I, I do feel comfortable going back out into the community, but at the same time, I know that I have to balance and kind of stay back a little bit just to make sure that we're getting there in a slow paced manner of fully reopening. If you could tell the general public one thing that might help you feel better about, um, you know, or even representing other people that are in a similar situation to yours where you do have to be a little bit more careful, what would you say? I just want people to remember that everyone has a very different experience. And for me, that experience means I'm higher risk for COVID. So just keeping, even if you choose not to get vaccinated at this point, as long as you're receiving the proper information and you continue to wear a mask and social distance, just keep in mind that COVID is still a thing that is negatively affecting many people and that it's not going away anytime soon. I think that's a great message. I, I'm curious, Yasmin, thinking about your sister, I, I suspect that there's a, a lot of the things that your family has been doing um, for her whole life, but particularly over the last year. Is there anything that you would say to other people to help them understand why it's important to continue with some of these precautions? The only thing I would ask them to do is um, care about somebody else besides you and your inner circle. The inner circle is like your family and your friends and your neighbors and people you're close with. But like, don't get too caught up in the big picture. But glance at it every once in a while because when you're thinking about protecting your friends and your family you also need to think about the other people in the world the ones that are less fortunate um, people like my sister who have such like difficult needs that they can't even put a finger on it and we've had some of the best doctors in the country and even some best ones in the world and they are stopped so when you're thinking about getting your vaccine, I would hope that you're not only thinking about the people that are around you, but the people that you're gonna walk by in the store. Like at some point, my sister like is obsessed with going to Target. So at some point when we all go Who back- Who isn't, to, by the way? I mean, right? Like Target is everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know, C complete a side note, but like, yeah, Target is amazing. That's also another thing I wanna say. But um, <laughs> when it comes to, her, she needs that little extra support, not just from the people around her, but from everybody. As we're reflecting back on it and understanding where we are now that with the availability of, um, you know, a vaccine that, that is helping to open things up, I'm curious if you have any reflections, Dr. Joe, on kind of what we've, what kids have been through, what you've seen with your patients, what we've been through in, in healthcare, and, you know, just kind of what's next, if you have any advice or parting words? Yeah, I think that COVID certainly impacted our kids, right? Um, they were out of school. They couldn't do their normal activities. Kids need structure. Kids like structure. And COVID took all of that away. I think in terms of the impact of COVID on kids, we're still scratching the surface a bit. I think as kids return to school next fall, we're going to start to see what are some of the more longer-term impacts related to to this last year. One thing I have certainly learned about kids that I already knew, but COVID just confirmed it even more, is how resilient kids are. So kids, everywhere I went, kids were the ones wearing their masks, washing their hands. 
So I'm always so impressed with kids and how they can adapt and how resilient they are. And I think COVID certainly showed me that. And I'm you know, very excited that we have a vaccine, a vaccine that's safe, that's effective, that can help get kids back in the classroom, back to their normal activities, back to spending time with their friends and engaging in those important social activities. So very excited for, for the future. I think kids, again, are one of our best advocates of the vaccine. So this was so great meeting both of you today. And I know that you're both gonna go into your personal friend groups and communities and continue to encourage vaccine uptake, which I think is a very powerful strategy to increase the vaccination rates across the country. So I'm going to go ahead and finish us up with one final question for everybody. Um, Dr. Joe, what was the, what was your favorite thing that you did after you were fully vaccinated that you had missed so much during the pandemic? So about a year ago, my husband and I adopted a baby. She was born on May 25th. Um, and so you can imagine during COVID, she didn't get to spend a lot of time with her family or with her friends. So she just had her first birthday and we got to have a celebration outside and she got to spend time with her grandparents and her aunts and uncles, many of whom had not met her before that day. That is, that is an awesome first one. I, guys, I don't think we can top that. <laughs> so that, that is awesome. The, the family time has been so mm -hmm. hard to miss. Um, Anna, what about you? What was the first thing that you went and did that you'd been dying to do? I think I'm going to have to agree with the family aspect. I got to go out to breakfast with my grandparents inside, which we used to do every Sunday morning after church. But like, this was the first time we did it for like over a year, so it was crazy. And then I'm gonna kind of slide in a second one. <laughs> I get to go to Camp Joyful Hearts this year, um, which is a five-day overnight camp for kids who have heart disease. And it's just gonna be such a great experience to go back and see my community of people who understand what I've been going through and just see all my friends. Camp is a huge one. Summer, it's not quite summer without camp. So I'm so, so glad that so many kids get to do camp again this summer. That's an awesome one, Anna. All right, and what about you, Yasmin? Um, November 22nd, 2019, I'm very close with my aunt. So she had her first child when she was in her 40s. So it was amazing. And uh, faced, I actually called him like second day he was born. So he knew my voice since he was very, very tiny. And um, I was told I was going to see him last March. And literally the day before everything shut down, it was that Thursday. My dad told us we're not gonna go see him. And I sobbed in my room for hours. I was so upset. But then, um, since I my phone didn't work at the time, I had a different model and so I wasn't able to FaceTime. Once I was able to FaceTime him, I called him every Friday and Saturday. So I'm actually gonna call him tonight. Um, he calls me his yaya uh, instead of Yasmin. <laughs> it's adorable. But um, I think like July 20th, and he goes, his name's Koa. Um, and I get to go see my aunt and my uncle. I'm actually going very close to my uncle, which I didn't have before the pandemic. And so I'm really, really excited to see him. Um, actually, all three of them, because they just moved into a new house that has like a lemon tree in their backyard. And I'm like, it's a yellow house with a lemon tree in their backyard. Talk about a dream home. And it's in California, so that's why I haven't been able to see them. 
as you can see, my favorite things that I'm going to go do are see family, and then on my birthday, I'm going to go shopping at a store, which I haven't done in two years, which is also a huge thing, because I'll, I'll have my first vaccine by then, so. Target, probably. Mm -hmm. How'd you know? <laughs> I'm just that good. Oh, yes. Target and Barnes & Noble is my best friend, because I'm also a bookworm. Well, well, I am going to round us out with on this family theme, because I get to go on vacation this summer with... Um, with one of my sister, well, both of my sisters and my mom, but I haven't seen one of my sisters at all since before the pandemic. So I am, we're calling it the reunion tour, the post COVID reunion tour. And I am, I, I think that that's probably what most of us have missed most is that time with family. So I'm so grateful that for the time that you all spent with us today to talk about this. And that's a really, positive and uplifting note for us to finish this out on. So I appreciate it. Everybody have a wonderful summer and thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was recorded on June 11th, 2021. Young and Healthy content is for informational and educational purposes only. Our theme music is composed by Stephen Grieco. This episode was produced by Symphony Pitts. Join us next week for another episode of the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.